Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. Yes, and welcome uh, to today's episode. And Annie, I'm going to go ahead and start off with a question. Are you ready? I hope so, yeah. I hope you are too. Here we go. So Annie, you are in the world of acting. You're an actor. And so that makes me ask, when you were growing up, was it something that you wanted to do, A, and B? If so, who, if you had any, were some of the actresses that you looked up to? Well, uh, good question. I have always wanted to act... But I also suffer from a pretty strong anxiety, performance anxiety and shyness. So I was really bad at it. I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> like every now and then, you know, if I could get past those nerves, then it would be great. But usually I'd be up there like four years old, like, ah, like shaking, visibly shaking. And it was, so it was a strange thing that I, I dreaded and loved and I have some performances I look back on and, and they give me great shame. They heat my cheeks with shame. Um, <laughs> I have auditions that I'm like, please, for the love of everything, I hope this never gets out because it's terrible. Oh. Like I have a panic attack in the middle of one. Like, woo. I hurt myself during a performance once because my character like fell asleep. She was supposed to fall asleep in the middle and I just like slammed my head on the table and it was supposed to be funny. And I just remember everyone in the auditorium going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it got awkward. And I had a huge bruise on my face. Like it was bad. Oh no. So I have been doing it since I was probably four. Um, and I like to think I've gotten better, but it is still a source of nerves for me. I was very imaginative and I liked coming up with scenarios and I liked pretending. So I think that was part of it. And it's interesting for this topic that we're talking about today and for the conversation we had with Eves recently in her last female first we did. Um, I didn't really, the attention was not the thing I wanted. Right. So even like that is a huge part of performance. I just wanted to like pretend. Right. And act. The like people looking at me part. 
no. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, but I did, um, also interesting for this conversation, I did look up to a number of actresses, and Natalie Portman was a big one after Phantom mm-hmm. Menace came out. I was a big, I was like, oh, I want to be like her. Oddly enough, Scarlett Johansson, but I saw her in Home Alone 3, which was a movie I loved, and I will admit it, I loved That's that amazing. Movie. <laughs> she was in I was it. hoping you were going to say arachnophobia, I'm not going to lie. No, I did watch that though because David Arquette was in it and I had a crush on David Arquette. <laughs> no, he was an eight-legged freak. Oh, I'm mixing it up. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Uh, that was, they were big for me. As you know, I was in their fan club and I watched yes. all their stuff. That's uh, right. Yeah, I think those were, I'm sure I'm forgetting other people. Um, but those, I think Natalie Portman was my biggest. And in terms of like an actor that I was like, oh, right. yes. Right. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, I was thinking about all of this and I forgot until my niece, who I just saw recently, who is in, a senior in high school and a part of drama, reminded me that I am a part of the International Thespian Society. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I actually did qualify for that, didn't I? Because I was also in drama, and I really loved it. And when I tell you I have some really horrible moments, I have some really horrible moments because, <laughs> as you know, my work ethic needs a push sometimes. <laughs> I like to work on the edge, uh, and I am one of those that has to do it last minute or it's not going to be good, and it's going to be all over the place, which is funny because it's already kind of all over the place, but it would be way worse mm-hmm. in way in advance. Um, and uh, I did that way with my auditions, and that did not turn out so well because memorizing <laughs> not lines, like 10 minutes of dialogue the night before, almost impossible. It's tricky. Almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have one of those eidetic memories, and I do not. I do mm. not. Mm-hmm. So I did do this on stage. I actually thought I was going to be an actor, too. Of course, the reality of it was I was a chubby Asian girl. And there's no way in hell. I've not seen many chubby Asian girls in general unless they are kind of the caricature, um, stereotypical characters, and I would never, I didn't want that necessarily, although I do enjoy being funny, so hoping like the only way I want attention is if I'm making people laugh, Mm -hmm. and then I run away and hope they're not laughing at me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, actually, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh yeah, I actually know a little bit about this world, a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I say this in the high school level of a little bit, as you know, my acting needs work. Uh, (laughs) But why am I talking about all of this? Um, When it comes to celebrities, we are fascinated. And y'all, I am fascinated. I will do a deep dive about who is connected to whom and how they all know each other. I Mm -hmm. love playing the third degrees uh, to Kevin Bacon, (laughs) to Gavin Bacon, if I can, Uh which I never really relate to Kevin Bacon. But I I would try. Third degree. (laughs) (laughs) Three degrees. What is it? Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Damn it. I can't even get it right that oh, way. In my but head, you got the actors. Degrees. Yeah, you're so good. I got you one only of the need three. <laughs> you know what? He was on the Hot Ones the other day, and I was like, oh, look at him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so whether it's the projects they're in or about their personal lives, we get invested. I really get invested so much so that it seems that their lives become public property. Uh, more and more conversations have sparked with different controversial topics specific to women and female celebrities and for those whose careers start at an early age, even more so. So today we wanted to look at what is happening with Hollywood, especially when it comes to the young ladies. Um, so before we start, I feel like we need to do some history, right? Because this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And I've talked a lot about the fact that 
I feel like I'm lacking a little bit in my life when it comes to hobbies and interests. I just kind of gave up um, <laughs> on a lot of things. Uh, but I realized as we were researching this topic, there are so many realizations. I was like, oh, yeah, that I was really into old school Hollywood. Like, I have a lot of trivia knowledge as well as some interesting facts. And, under, and like, I've seen the most obscure old, old movies, which you're going to hear me reference, and it's oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, old school. I loved musicals. And I know I, I've talked about this with Eve's actually on here because we both really like musicals. And we'll talk about, hey, have you seen this? Which she gave me one. And in the move, it's somewhere in my stuff. I need to find it and mm-hmm. I need to watch it because it's supposed to be Interesting. a delight, I yes. guess. <laughs> and yes, I mean loved. Uh, so much so that my mother would always say that I should have been born in the 40s which I always countered with the fact that my Korean self would have never been welcomed in the U.S., much less in Hollywood. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that. But alas, I loved it, loved it so much that I would watch documentaries about different movie stars and movies. And also in my mind, I just knew I could time travel to meet them. Like I had these fantasies Uh of one day time traveling to meet these people, which would have been a horrible mistake (laughs) because a lot of people were awful people. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to the reality, well, it was ugly. And the more I learned, and I think the more we realized how awful it must have been for a lot of them, especially the women, especially young women. And I guess uh, here we should go ahead and let you know that we are going to talk a bit about some of the trauma and traumatic experiences of many of these stars, including abuse, eating disorders, sexualization of young girls, and the such. So even though we're not going to go too heavily into the deep, deep, we are going to talk about why this can be ugly. Yeah, uh, and it is no longer a secret that the movie industry was not all glitz and glamour, especially for young women. Um, If you read memoirs and and biographies on past stars like Judy Garland, Elizabeth Taylor, Shirley Temple, I would add Carrie Fisher, um, and so many more, we saw all this abuse uh, that young stars uh, went through, um, how they were treated as property, um, less than human Horror stories after horror stories of abuse and harassment haunted the old movies that so many of us adore. Garland told the story of being so medicated that she wasn't able to come to set on time and being hospitalized thanks to studio execs and even her own mother who pushed her beyond her sanity and her health to become a perfect young starlet. The overall pressure on the young stars was detrimental and was coming from all sides, including Yes Family, and oftentimes the stars were the breadwinners of the family. Even America's sweetheart, Shirley Temple, who I also did love, yes, um, talked about the overwhelming moments of not wanting to disappoint her mother and even her father. Elizabeth Taylor, uh, though she seemed to have a better relationship with her parents, still knew she had to keep going for them and even for her fans. In her biography, her mother was quoted to have said, but you're not a regular child and thank God for that. You have a responsibility, Elizabeth, not just to this family, but to the country now and to the whole world. Right. And honestly, it doesn't seem like it's changed much. I think there's a little more uh, awareness and we try to see what's happening. But when it comes to the expectations placed on young stars, the responsibility of building a fandom and building a persona and helping provide for their families is still there. Uh, And for young girls, the fine line between infantilizing and sexualizing causes even more emotional and physical stress, which has been around from the beginning of time when it comes to Hollywood celebrities and celebrities in general. 
in the early memoirs of these classic Hollywood stars, there were many who talked all of the ongoing stress of growing up too fast or those who were not growing up fast enough. Shirley Temple's career became stagnant after her early childhood career, as many could not see her as an adult with an actual adult body. Um, and it may have been due to the hardworking machine of studio publicists and media at the time, but it was odd to know her from classics like The Little Princess to uh, seeing her in the movie That Hagen Girl, which I have seen, and it really threw me for a loop. I was very young when I watched this. Of course, Shirley Temple is already an ambassador and has gone on to live her own life. Um, but it's, <laughs> it starred her and Ronald Reagan, which at that time, I'd never seen Ronald Reagan in a movie. I knew he was an actor at one point in time, but I'd never actually seen him in a movie. So this kind of like, whoa. There he is, Mm -hmm. who was, by the way, 17 years older than her during this time. So she was 19 and he was 36. And in this, he was her romantic lead. And yeah, the plot of the movie was that he may have been her father because she was orphaned and she was trying to figure that out. But then it turned out, thank goodness he wasn't because he was (laughs) slowly falling in love with her. And then they go off into the train station to go get married. It was a very odd setup to me. And I remember, obviously, it is distinct in my Mm. mind. I'm like, this does not compute. (laughs) Does not compute. Uh, But yeah, but honestly, though, even though we talk about Shirley Temple being infantilized and being young and trying to stay young, like they made her younger, they lied about her age on the contract so she could continue beyond the time limit. Um, But her first film had her in an exotic bar uh, during a war film called War Babies. So it's kind of like, Hmm. Yeah. Did she, did she actually just get thrown into that way? And Elizabeth Taylor was sexualized at a very early age due to her physically developing early um, and even being pushed to set, be set up on fake dates to show how quickly she was becoming a woman. So the studio execs were excited that she was growing up. And at like 15, 16, pushed her into that uh, genre very quickly. Yeah. And for that time, this type of push was accepted and not well regulated. Uh, there were stories of separating child stars from the parents so they could discipline children however necessary for the movie, including locking children in boxes, making them sit on blocks of ice if they were not obedient, pushing actors to work beyond the regulated times and other horror stories. So much so that studies were conducted of child stars and performers and how they may be affected emotionally and physically by all of this. Many young girls talked about how they experienced sexual harassment during their times on studios and sets. And many talked about the overly strict attitude of their parents, pushing them into that career. And I think there's a lot of conversation around that in terms of reality TV show uh, right. as well. Right. One article we found talked about the impact of being a celebrity as a child and of the impacts of the motivation of both child and parents and how that could determine a child's experience as well as the amount of time they spend in the spotlight um, environment and the child's age. And in the same article, they said these children are at high risk of becoming emotionally unstable and of becoming drug, alcohol, or sex abusers. Children at different ages display behavioral changes that might indicate that they are at risk. Yeah, and it's just that article was talking mainly about the type of high-risk behavior that they would have um, if they weren't monitored and how this could go awry. And of course, they used uh, Drew Barrymore as an example as she was introduced to that lifestyle very young by her mother, thinking 
you know, her mother was thinking she can be a cool kid, um, as well as Elizabeth Taylor being very sexualized very early and being told this is her worth. And so her finding that as her worth um, and trying to really capitalize on it, not only uh, in her screen life, but on her personal life. So it was a very interesting take in that conversation. It was a fairly old article, and I wonder what they would say, because you're right, we don't even talk about reality TV in this and how that changes. We do talk a little bit about social media, so kind of on that same level, but when it comes to reality TV, what does it do? Who does it harm? And is it really healthy? Have we seen a good example? There's a lot of questions. Yeah. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The role of media has always helped to make or break careers, and it was a bit more manageable during the so-called golden age of film. Um, and I say manageable, manipulated. But they held a lot of power but in a different way than today. We'll talk a little more about how media affects today versus then. Uh, but historically, it was no different. In Elizabeth Taylor's biography, the author talks about Taylor's own connections with a popular columnist who helped make many careers as well as ended many and how often studios would use the media to keep the perfect image of their stars at all all expenses, essentially. They would pay whatever in order to keep that going. And unsurprisingly, all of the success caused a lot of competition among stars, which is still around. Elizabeth Taylor's feud with Debbie Reynolds painted uh, Taylor as a villain, as the uh, temptress who came and stole her man, which she kind of did. Um, <laughs> and then roles were fought over, more feuds happened, and it kept them on their toes uh, because essentially 
the studios wanted this to happen. They needed the, the stars to know they're expendable. Mm-hmm. And the evils of comparing young stars with each other was prevalent in order to keep them in line. Mm-hmm. But the overall usage of shame and guilt was a cloud looming over all of them. Body shaming began from the start, with young stars brought in to be inspected, judged, and oftentimes physically changed, including plastic surgery and dangerous drugs being used to keep young girls thin, even if they didn't need to be. So, the question remains, has it changed? Has it changed? Well, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately, when it comes to sexualizing or infantilizing young stars, nothing has really changed. Honestly, it seems it may have gotten worse, uh, thanks in part to things like social media um, and the internet as a whole. In one article from NBC about Natalie Portman's own experience as a child actor, they write, quote, Hollywood bifurcates young women's sexualities, so they usually only have two options, to be hypersexual or to deny that they are sexual at all. And it's true, which often leads the audience and fans to only see these actors in one specific way. Um, And then if that's... If that image is torn apart, oftentimes this at the expense of the actress themselves. As in fact, uh, Portman talked about how one of her first fan letters was a rape fantasy written about her by an adult man, and they sent it to her as a fan. Ugh. Which, yeah. And but that's not the worst of it. We've seen repeatedly how uh, media will scorn a young actors about what they wear, how much they weigh, and whether they fit the mold of that perfect star. Um, and a prime example, of course, is Britney Spears, who has been raked over the coals for any and everything, eventually leading her to the conservatorship against her will. And yeah, I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's really, she is a good highlight of what has happened recently and what we're kind of learning from, but not enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, she she went from being the virgin to the whore within a few years, with every aspect of her life being ridiculed and scrutinized, um, and later on being critiqued in her parenting and, of course, her body as a whole. Um, and the overall obsession in her sex life was a complete double standard in comparison to her male counterparts. As in fact, while she was ridiculed and publicly grilled in TV interviews, her ex-boyfriend was being praised as being a man for getting, quote, into her pants. Many conservative parent groups were admonishing her as a bad influence and would shame her as well as any of her fan base, um, proving once again a damned if you do, damned if you don't, uh, for so many of the young celebrities. Right. Um, And we also have seen the disturbing conversations about young teens who we as fans have been able to see grow up, uh, but quickly become an object of obsession and sexualization. Examples include the different Reddit and blogs that have countdown clocks to when young girls were turning 18 years old. Example, um, Emma Watson. I think she she had a whole post of her turning 16. A radio show did that, I believe. Uh, a rapper did it for Kendall Jenner when she was turning 18. Um, to the fact that I think someone actually propositioned her to do a sex tape. Mm. when she turned immediately 18. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or even worse, put in situations such as uh, Mara Wilson, who is the child star of movies such as Matilda and Mrs. Doubtfire, 
were images of her on foot fetish sites, and, and she was photoshopped into child pornography um, all before the age of 12. Yeah. And today, it's still happening. As the new season of Stranger Things has been released, which I binged, yes, I did, mm-hmm. um, and star Millie Bobby Brown's recent 18th birthday, her image and style has been sexualized and criticized by so many. And of course, it didn't just start when she turned 18, but has been a topic of conversation since she's hit the spotlight. Uh, and on top of that, she's having to defend her herself from strangers who seem to think they know her enough to judge her, including people calling her a bitch off the fact that they can just tell. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to one of my friends, Marissa, who's been on here. Uh, Hello, Marissa. And she's like my other TikTok person. It's you and her. (laughs) Send me the TikToks that I need. Um, And I was asking her about this because this was sort of the impetus. You had told me about this on TikTok, was sort of the impetus for this episode. And she she's a huge Stranger Things fan. And she was telling me, like, she remembered when Millie Bobby Brown was younger, like, really young, and people would pull her apart, tear her apart, because she talked too much. Or she wasn't, like, PR trained. She was a child who was excited. So they tore her apart. Right. And now they're mad, according to Marissa, and I believe Marissa, um, now they're mad because she seems more cold and, like, closed off, but she's doing the thing that they were telling her she should have done as a child. Right. Basically, she got PR training, it sounds like. Essentially, I know there was one post where she, they were doing publicity for Stranger Things. It was the whole cast. And she came out, I think, of the crowd and came to the front because of another photographer no, someone had requested it or she had been pushed up or something. And it wasn't just because she did it. And one of the photographers was like, she's so annoying. Why does she get out of the way? Wow. And it was like, wait, she's just doing what she's been instructed to do. Why are you doing this? And then another post, which she criticized, and I put this in quote marks, but she was saying if she could change something that she wished more deaths. So she wanted like the Game of Thrones level of deaths in the show because mm-hmm. it didn't feel realistic. And then she was teasing the Duffer brothers are saying, you know, they're being pansies. They need to, they need to just go ahead and kill people off. And, of course, they responded. They're like, all right, we got you. But the way they presented it was Millie Bobby Brown criticizes directors. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously a push of a dig as if she was truly saying this. And even still, I've, it seemed in the interview, if you actually read the interview, it was obvious that she had said this to them before, making fun of them and or teasing them mm-hmm. and said it out loud and then it been misconstrued as her being a bitch complaining about the show. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting to see how they are really framing what she is doing, how she is being, her being professional, her being, I mean, she is now a pro at this. She has done this since a child. Probably more... Uh, understanding of this limelight that a lot of people. So she is an old hat in this, but because of that, she's too confident. She's too sure. What is she doing? Mm-hmm. Which does make you think, right? It does. It does. Um, something else that makes you think. <laughs> there are these old school ideas that can still lead to a loss of opportunity for these young stars, such as Vanessa Hudgens, who was fired from Disney after nude pictures of her were leaked. Um, which actually leads to a whole other topic, which we want to revisit concerning how the media and people in general exploit celebrities by releasing private data or information for the sake of gossip. I also want to add in here, and this all reminds me of when it was a big deal when uh, Order of the Phoenix came out and Emma Watson, I think it was 15, 15, 16. Mm -hmm. um, And the company or somebody who worked for the company photoshopped her boobs to be bigger. And people were like, Mm -hmm. hi, 
that's it. That's it. Like, kid. <laughs> that's that's really, unnecessary. Why are you doing why this? Why are you doing this? And I remember being like, it just sends a message. A lot of this sends a message right. to young girls who are consuming it. Right. Um, but yeah, speaking of media... Right. Let's jump into it. Uh, so we did talk about earlier how media does impact, and it's changed a little bit since that time, and it's not so controlled by studios anymore. Um, so after the release of Framing Britney Spears, there was a new flurry of conversation about how we, as a society, treat young women in Hollywood. Of course, if you're in my age range, one of the biggest conversations and impact of media and celebrities was due to the tragic death of Princess Diana, uh, which we could talk about how Meghan Markle is being scrutinized in a similar way today. Um, of course, with the added plus of racist media. So that's a whole different conversation. But we did highlight how so many of the celebrities during that time were often dragged through the mud for clickbaity articles and uh, selling just tabloids. And that was the kind of the beginning of TMZ, Entertainment Tonight, all of that, which was just all about celebrity gossip. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as we look in hindsight, uh, we see that there's something fundamentally wrong when someone's trauma is used to get a bit of cash or notoriety. Uh, as writer Shannon McGuigan, so sorry if I said that wrong, uh, writes in her article on the media's treatment of female public figures, quote, the intensity of the media's hounding of Britney highlighted a real lack of empathy shown towards the star. Uh, and this was a statement from Hannah Davies uh, in that article which was The Guardian's deputy TV editor at the time, she further declared that Britney was dehumanized in the eyes of the media and the public with society expressing an intense amount of judgment and criticism that was regarded as socially acceptable, demonstrated through March, plastered with jokes of Britney surviving 2008, being produced for profit. And we know how all of that went down, all of the clips, and if you got a photo in her distress, it was paid for by thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And the messier, the better for the media. Headlines insinuating mental health breakdowns, drug usage, messy breakups, pushed young celebrities to the edge. And though teen boys were talked about, it was never to the same degree that the young teen girls received. They pitted women against women for bigger headlines. Like we had the whole Team Jen or Team Angelina when it came to Brad Pitt. There was t-shirts. You remember yeah. That? Yeah, I mean, it was a huge thing. I just remember like going down, like, checking out the grocery store and, like, every magazine cover was Still like... Is. I know! I know! <laughs> wow. Um, then uh, we also saw blaming women for sexual aggression, like Janet Jackson and the whole Super Bowl thing, uh, accusing women of being divas or bitches, like Mariah Carey and Megan Fox. Um, and we've talked a bit about the villainizing of these women in part due to men purposely ruining careers for not playing the submissive ladies that Hollywood once dominated, like Weinstein uh, and Michael Bay. Right. If you try to get out of that box, then... Right. I mean, there was plenty of women who have since come out and said, I have been ostracized and blacklisted because I would not be victimized by these men. Mm -hmm. And it's quite interesting because it does. It's reminiscent of old Hollywood. Yeah, and there are some people who are finally getting their due, like Britney Spears, who has been freed from the controversial conservatorship and is starting to get some apologies from the many who exploited her lowest points in her life, Uh, Megan Fox being vindicated from her ruined reputation, and there are those who are able to take a step back and take control of those traumatic narratives, such as Mara Wilson, who I also loved as a kid, uh, (laughs) and some who have been able to continue 
in their career on their own terms, like Natalie Portman and Natasha Lyonne. You know, I guess we should mention, stepping back, would be Mary-Kate and Ashley, whom you love so dearly. I loved them so much, I could tell them apart. They're not identical twins. They're fraternal (laughs) twins. (laughs) I would like, it was the most annoying habit. I'd be like, oh, that's Ashley. Oh, that's Mary-Kate. And everyone's like, please stop. (laughs) If we're watching it, takes two for the 500th time. (laughs) That's an important talent. And of course, some credit movements like the Me Too movement and holding the media accountable for the insensitive and often traumatic content in relation to young actresses and female celebrities. But others say it has a lot to do with social media as well and how individuals are able to direct the conversation. Again, uh, the whole like accountability stuff is pretty pretty significant. Uh, whether that is good or bad, some can't tell. In this era of accountability, call-outs, call-ins, and canceling, social media can be a slippery slope. We all know this. Many celebrities have already remained largely offline due to being harassed or targeted, and several have vowed to never be online due to the overall privacy issue. That's fair. (laughs) And there are celebrities who use their social media as a way to connect with fans and a tool to keep their fans updated in their lives, which can be good. But some have talked about the overall pressures and anxiety social media causes and how they can no longer participate or have to take extended breaks from it. Um, Stars like Selena Gomez and um, Millie Bobby Brown have either taken breaks from social media for their mental health or overall for the safety of others. I know at one point, Millie Bobby Brown had one of her uh, pictures taken to become a meme, and it was really homophobic. It was very hurtful. And she was like, I had nothing to do with this. And it came out. like It wasn't her, but it was being accredited to her. People were attacking her, um, and she had to come off. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, we've talked about constantly how, yeah, we have to be very careful. And we're not celebrities, so I couldn't imagine having millions and millions of followers who may turn on you at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're big proponents here. I think it's just good internet practice. Like, do your research before you just like tweet something or right. ju- just find out where it's from or what's going on. Because uh, it might not be what you think. And then you might attack someone who really had nothing to do with it. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Marissa was telling me about uh, this documentary she watched with Taylor Swift. And she was like, Taylor Swift has a whole like team that's like here we go we're gonna tweet this out how we're gonna word it what's the best way and right oh how nice well, that like i be. know <laughs> i know a lot of pop stars are having to like they are told they have to in order to yes. release their albums yes. and their things are being held hostage mm-hmm. in order to get it done so there's such a whole layer that yeah. it would suck to be on that level of celebrity with no power yes it would yes it would Something else that also sucks is being under constant scrutiny by the masses. And it has pushed many celebrities to go dark. Um, And we have talked about this a lot when it comes to things like Star Wars and Marvel, like the big franchises where they get, especially women and other marginalized folks, get all of this hate and not really anybody coming to their defense. (laughs) Right. Um, In terms of like their co-stars or the the studio. And so they leave. and yeah, the we, as we've also discussed, there is a bigger conversation of bots because a lot of it is bots and also just protection from harassment for these marginalized folks. Um, the impact that can have, what we could possibly do because it is a huge problem. 
Right. Uh, again, of course, we talked about the fandom, toxic fandom, and, and the gatekeeping. There's a lot of conversation in that, and we know that's not always the case. But, yeah, we've seen a lot of marginalized women specifically getting targeted just because they just don't like it, period. And they have nothing to do with creating the character other than acting. And typically, they're acting it, acting the hell out of it, mm-hmm. and we love it. And had it been a standalone, people probably would not never had a second thought. But, of course— yeah. Mm. We can't have nice things. No. Yeah. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of social <laughs> media, uh, the age of social media has led to this idea of anonymity, which allows for individuals who in person may be, they may seem okay, but online feel very emboldened to say whatever, whenever, without recourse. Um, as we have learned through many criticisms of this podcast, this very podcast. <laughs> and then yes. I used to have to answer these things on YouTube and I'd be like, oh. hi, have a, have a nice day or whatever. And they'd be like, wow, someone responded. I'm like, yeah, some poor yeah, soul had to exist. read this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And all of this begs the question, is this okay? And what is our responsibility as a fan of something or of someone? Uh, as young actresses and celebrities grow up, the world watches their every move and oftentimes makes these judgments and they feel the need to do so through their keyboard, uh, thinking they won't be noticed. Um, or, yeah, even like on a podcast or through other mediums like this, feel like they can make these criticisms. It's okay. When fans and critics become too familiar with a celebrity, we often forget that they are, yes, human. There is somebody there, and they deserve to be treated as such. Two women podcasters felt the need to call Millie Bobby Brown a bitch because they felt she just seemed that way. And again, that's sort of what got this idea. This this whole level, and honestly, there's so much more to that because we know there's this whole critique like... She just seems like people, someone I wouldn't like. She just seems like it. And that's fine. You don't have to like everybody. But what does this need to call them in such a derogatory manner without knowing them? And instead of like just having a moment of like, I wonder, I wonder what kind of pressures there are. I oh, just keep them out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Don't speak about them. Yeah. That's all it takes. <laughs> and speaking of criticism, that kind of just doesn't make sense other than she's a woman that you don't want to see in this. I don't know. Uh, one of those critics felt Carrie Mulligan uh, was not a good pick to carry out the role of a femme fatale character, even though her performance in the movie Promising Young Women was well-received. And her hitting back at the criticism as a sexist and even ageist uh, remark was actually countered with another criticism as uh, saying that, that there is a right to uh, be able to criticize and critique a celebrity's appearance, an actor's appearance, if it seems like they are miscast. So I, I went through, we went through when we were looking at this and, and speaking about this article because it was a pretty big deal. Carrie Mulligan came out pretty strong, being like, okay, we get it. You don't like me as his cast. You don't believe me as being the femme fatale. That's on you. But why do we need to go about this appearance thing? Um, and it even mentioned like the article that was written in even mentioned, well, Margot Robbie was a producer, I'm sure it wasn't intended for her. So obviously, like a backhanded Mm. criticism Mm -hmm. about her appearance. Um, And then someone came in defense of that, not saying necessarily that her looks should have been critiqued, but more so that we as the audience should be able to say, this probably wasn't cast right based on appearance, uh, based on looks, which seemed one and the same to me. I kind of understood what they were going with this, but at the same time, I was like, but... This is. This is a little bit ageist, obviously. What they wanted was the hot, blonde, tall, young 
femme fatale that we have so seen so often. Um, and Kay Mulligan's not that old. No. Like, can we talk about that? She's not that old. No. Um, so none of that makes sense in itself. Mm-hmm. But of course, they talked about, you know, women wouldn't want to see, which was really odd, Chris Hemsworth playing a, a dowdy poet. And I was like, why not? We've I know. seen that I happen like, before. What? <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen hunky men playing serious roles. We've seen uh, ridiculous comedians being the serious uh filling guy like i mean jim carrey won awards for his serious roles which you would never thought this slapstick comedian could do and even seen as like a leading man Mm -hmm. so it kind of like no we don't have that of course she talked about the fact that we should be able to say have this critique so we can open up for more different variations of looks to take leading roles Mm -hmm. but i don't feel like that was where they were going with this, especially in critiquing that specifically. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, we are much more forgiving in general of men, whether it's perceiving them to be a bitch or not. Like, women have to be nice and grateful they got this role. Right. And you have to be... you Because we have limited roles for women, like we have historically in Hollywood, and the like. I believe the average age for a woman winning an Oscar... like. 10 years ago. So this might have changed. It was 26. And for a man, it was 53. Mm. So oh, wow. I think we have like, and by we, I mean audiences have this idea of for women, it is this. And it looks like right. this. And I can critique her appearance because that's what women is about. For men, it could be, they could do anything. But women... Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. And I know you listeners know 
my love, Peaches Gertrude McFuzzin, whom I've talked about so much. And she really was love at first sight. But I will tell you that it took a long time for me to find her. I actually was looking for a good two years before I stumbled upon her picture from my local shelter and knew the moment I saw her that she was the one. And the minute I tell you when I saw that picture and I went to meet her out the shelter and I sat with her for a good 20 minutes, y'all, I couldn't leave her. I knew she had to be mine. I knew we belonged together. Peaches and I are friends as well. We are We have a good relationship together. So. You can find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. And I know I've told the story before. I had a, I had a, for me, a pretty big break, pretty big role. Um... And the night I was supposed to shoot it, the guy told me, the, one of the, oh, I don't know, one of the crew, he was like, it sucks to be in an industry where it's all about your looks, right? And I looked at him and I was like, what? What? And then they gave it to a man because he was like, I think, I think it'd be better. I think it'd be more believable if a man did this. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. And this moments like that that you realize, yeah, this is not an easy industry in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not set up for just anyone, mm-hmm. which is a whole different conversation. Yeah. And then there's this debate of crossing boundaries, which that dude crossed a boundary, I would say. <laughs> but when referencing to celebrities, is it okay to interrupt a celebrity during a f- dinner for a photo? Is it okay to film or take pics without their knowledge or permission? Can we go into somebody's home without permission for souvenirs? <sighs> Of course, these are more rhetorical questions, but it has become less and less acceptable to cross these boundaries, which is great. But at the same time, we've seen a lot of backlash for those who are private and seek to keep it that way. So people who get upset if you've been waiting at their hotel room and they don't want to stop to talk to you. Right. Like, we get it. Like you, you are, you love them and you feel like you have this ideal of them. But if they're tired, they're tired and they should have the right to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw recently uh, Tom Hanks, America's Sweetheart, get very angry when his wife, and I don't know exactly what happened when uh, Rita Wilson, who was a celebrity as well, also his wife, um, but either tripped, got pushed. There was a lot of conversation about what happened and he lost it and cursed at people to be like, calm down, back off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's his right. That makes sense. But he got a lot of backlash for it too. Like he got both love and hate for that reaction. And it, it kind of has that point of like, okay, so what is this line? How do we make sure we don't cross those boundaries? But what is this line of like, you're a celebrity and this is kind of what happens. And I know the kind of, maybe this is just making making it up, seeing too many movies of like, they love it at first and then they hate it. Yeah. So kind of those two things. Um, And it seems like it sometimes takes drastic and extreme measures Mm -hmm. for people to realize this, whether it's a tearful request uh, to be given privacy. Mm -hmm. So being like, please leave me alone. Y'all have done so much. You've like really harassed us. Please stop. Uh, To almost uh, to endangering their lives um, and being put in these situations that are so extreme that that's the final point of like, hey, you almost killed us tonight. Please don't do this. Yeah, yeah. It's that level of fan entitlement we've talked about before 
where it's some, it's kind of bizarre to me, but it's like this idea that they owe us something. Um, right. We put you here. Right. And be it, grateful. it's sort of the price of your fame almost. It's like, you, well, right. you're rich and famous, so I get to do whatever. And I'll, I'll never forget, I saw this interview with Jennifer Lawrence a couple years ago. And she was talking about visiting her family. And she's like, well, we had to put up all the, you know, trash bags over the windows. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, oh, yeah. So we had to put up every time I visit them, we put up trash bags over the windows so they can't take pictures. And she was talking about, like, trying to explain that to the young people in her family. Um, <laughs> and just how bizarre. Like, that sounds terrible to me. That sounds awful. <laughs> um, We've also talked about parasocial relationships a little bit before. And here we can easily see how this can be good, can be really great, or it can be really, really awful. Um, And as we said before, fans are powerful and deserve respect. um, Because yes, the power of fandom is no joke. You know we love some healthy fangirls over here. Um, And they can really, really make things happen. That is for sure. The Britney stands are a force and were able to keep the conversation alive when so many people had written it off around around Britney Spears and conservatorship. Um, But it can also be a negative. Incidents where fans feel betrayed by a celebrity can be a real storm. Um, Think of Hailey Bieber after she and Justin got together. Those who were Team Selena have non-stopped harassed her for just being with him. We've talked about that before. Um, to the point both she and Justin have repeatedly asked her fans to stop and how it's been affecting them both. Right. And we've seen that in different celebrities. Like, if they don't like yeah. the person you're with, they may go after you. Of course, there's some conversations of like, yeah, but there's some that's like, this is dangerous, this isn't unusual circumstance, we have questions. Kind of all of that. But that, I digress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I won't give any examples of that. But um, but yeah, there's a lot when it comes to all of these responsibilities and how we see celebrities in itself, and especially when it comes to women, the expectations that we hold. And, and it kind of makes you think, what does the future hold? Uh, is, this, is the future going to be better for the next generation of stars and celebrities? And yeah, with the new mediums come new levels of stardom, from YouTube stars to TikTok stars to whatever the next level may be. Twitch, I guess Twitch is already there. Mm-hmm. We are seeing a whole different level of celebrity. And some experts have already begun their studies in these types of celebrities. Celebrity. In an insider article written by Rachel E. Greenspan, she talks with psychologists and about the up-and-coming stars of TikTok and the expectations. And in the article, Greenspan writes, experts warn that these young influencers will face the typical hurdles of child fame, but with the additional complication of real-time social media surveillance by millions and an algorithmically programmed addiction to the instant gratification of a never-ending barrage of notifications, which is my nightmare. I yeah. want those notifications to go away. <laughs> I think we can figure this out for you, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a thing. So uh, we've already talked about the damages, how early ch- about early childhood stardom and what that can cause. But add to that the immediateness of social media, the total access provided by the stars and by the fans. Like they're going to tell you immediately if they like or don't like something. Yep. 
And it's the internet, so it doesn't go away. Right. And this new level of stardom has brought out a new generation of hopefuls who are waiting for their time to go viral. Greenspan continues, The algorithms that underlie practically every social media service today force us to compete for visibility. These teenagers may now feel themselves in an extraordinary bind, competing against each other and the newsfeed algorithms in order to maintain visibility, a competition in which only the social media services succeed. The concept of viral social media fame has become so ingrained in our society that it's almost natural for people to hope their next post will take off. And some of the newly made celebrities have already learned about the backlash of fame, many under the cancel culture uh, narrative due to the extreme or impulsive natures of their post have learned this lesson, have seen it, have experienced it. Um, but they are also learning how to handle it. Greenspan continues, many influencers have already perhaps unintentionally discovered what experts say is the best way to protect oneself against the dangers of fame. By using influence to help the world and raise awareness about causes you're passionate about, you're actually establishing a deeper sense of who you are as a person. Right. And I am interested to see what the statistics will look like. We, again, did not talk about reality stars and uh, young stars because there has been this conversation about uh, the sexualization of young young girls in these videos, as well as infantilizing some of the girls who were no longer young, younger. Uh, Jojo Sawa was one of those who got criticisms on both ends mm-hmm. when she uh, was growing up, and but yet still kept the ponytail, to finally coming out and finding relationships and growing in herself and being criticized for that. Like It's just a whole new level of stardom that we've never seen that is produced, again, by the pressures of oftentimes family and society. That part has seemingly not gone away. Yeah, and I think the the internet, I mean, we talk about it all the time on here. Bridget does such a great job of breaking it down. There's many, many beautiful things about the internet. But in a lot of ways, like those comment sections can be just like every toxic thing in our society amplified. Right. So we're already getting as young girls all of these really harmful messages about our body and how we should look and how we should behave. And then if you multiply that by social media, I can only imagine being young and absorbing that and seeing that. Right. You know, the double-edged sword to this is we have more body-positive influencers, and that's beautiful, and I love to see it. Half the time, they're defending their body and their videos because there's so many that still continue to attack them and continue to uh, really harass them. So it feels kind of like, yes, this is great, but at the same time, oh my God, they still have to keep going through all of this and still have to be uh, in this position to take this kind of abuse Um it's interesting. I, I'm interested in seeing how this goes. I think what we really wanted to do about this, and I didn't get to it, like the the honest title was going to be The Villainization of Young Teenage Stars, but we couldn't even find enough articles because there were so many other things that seemed to be traumatizing and triggering for a lot of these celebrities um, that we haven't considered. Of course, you know, this goes into that, like, well, at least they have all of these basic necessities and all of these things, and most of the people we're talking about are young white uh, girls. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because we don't even, we have to go climb a whole new level 
of uh, toxicity when it comes to the black young black girls who are going through so much that they don't even get the chance to become that mm-hmm. half the time because of the racism that is so staunch and so heavy here. So we know this is that level of conversation, but there's a lot to consider when we see what is happening, especially for myself as a social worker who worked with young kids, seeing this is such a problem in such a big way, but at the same time, you hope it changes. But <laughs> historically, it doesn't seem to be. Yeah, yeah. And I think a part of this, it goes back to something you said earlier, Samantha, is it's very clear that we, again, as a society, uh, view women as expendable. And we kind of, their misery is our entertainment. Right. And that's fine. And we feel very entitled as a society, again, I'm not speaking about Samantha and I, but you know, we as a society feel very right. entitled to cause harm, to like really judge everything they do and then throw them away when they experience any sort of trauma or anything that doesn't fit in how we think they should behave and how they should look. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's up to like even Harvey Weinstein, like the fact that that went on so long. Right. That's pretty telling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there is a lot to, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> Yes. Yes, there is. Um, Well, listeners, as always, if there's anything you want us to follow up on in here, um, if there is resources we haven't shouted out, if you have a favorite Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, like, you can (laughs) let us know. (laughs) You want to talk to me about musicals? I don't think anyone does. I think I'm on the outskirts on this one. (laughs) Reach out about Mary-Kate and Ashley either. But you could prove us wrong, listeners. (laughs) Um, Our email is stephpediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stephonevertoldyou. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, with phone his thanks this week to researcher Joey and our executive producer Maya. It's a really badass group we've yes, got. Yes, mm-hmm. y'all are the heroes. Yes. Helped us with this so much. Shout out. Yes, all the shout outs. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Nerd Tell you protection by iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com adoption drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 